0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. In this episode, I have two movie reviews and one TV review. But before I tell you what those are, just so you guys know, in case you're new, this podcast is basically a audio compilation of my YouTube videos. So if you want to get these reviews earlier, head over to my YouTube channel. I don't have a custom URL yet, so I always say go to my Instagram at popculturepodcast. Link in the bio should take you where you need to go. Like I said, you get all the reviews earlier over on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, there's the explanation there. But my reviews for today in order will be Orphan 2009, 2022's Orphan First Kill, the prequel to the first Orphan film, and then She-Hulk Episode 2, which will have a non-spoiler segment and a spoiler segment. Non-spoiler will be first, obviously. And for those of you who don't want to hear any spoilers for it, I'll tell you when to click off the episode. But uh, yeah, that's all I have in this episode for you guys today. So before I get into any of it, let's thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases, and you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Alright, so 2009's Orphan is directed by, and I'm definitely going to butcher this name, Jaume Colette Sarah. The screenplay is by David Leslie Johnson, and the story is by Alex Mace. If you don't know the plot of this film, here's the synopsis. A husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine-year-old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she appears. And that little girl, a nine-year-old girl, is played by Isabel Furman, who plays the character Esther. And, um... I'm reviewing this because obviously the new Orphan film came out, Orphan First Kill. It's a prequel film, which I'm definitely interested in talking about and watching. I have not watched it yet, but um, yeah, uh, that th- th- something's just weird about that. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's seen it. Um, well, at least had this opinion on it that there's that uncanny valley there because this actress is like in her late 20s and she's playing younger than a nine-year-old girl supposedly um so yeah that's pretty weird but uh (laughs) we'll have to wait and see how that movie is when i get around to it uh both films by the way are on paramount plus so if you want to check them out that is where you should do so or if you wanna go see the uh, the prequel in theaters, you can do that right now. I'm pretty sure it's out in most, most of the, can't talk, it's late. Uh, it's out now in most theaters. So I think I'm gonna end up watching it on Paramount Plus though, just because I have other movies I need to see in the theater and it's just easier for me to watch it at home. But yeah, this movie stars Vera Farmiga as the mother Kate. We have Peter Sarsgaard as John the father uh, as I said before, is Isabel Furman as Esther. Um is that how you say it? Esther is it Esther? Esther. I'm gonna say Esther, even though it sounds kind of weird. Um who else do we have in here? We have Jimmy Bennett as the uh the son slash brother, uh Daniel, and then Ariana Engineer. Uh very cool last name there as Max. And uh Yeah, this is a really messed up movie, just the way it starts. And no spoilers, by the way, there is a really big twist in this movie, which I will obviously not spoil. Um, Anything I say is going to be vague, so yeah. Hopefully I don't give anything too big away for the people that have not seen it and really want to watch it. Um, Would I recommend this movie? Yes, for the most part, but you got to go into it being like, Ready to see some fucked up shit. I'm not even going to lie to you. And uh, whew, I, I was not prepared for what I was going to see in this movie. And just in the first, like, three minutes even alone, the movie is already fucked up and just really grotesque. And, like, you're looking away from the screen. Um, however, none of that has to do with Esther in the beginning. Just just saying. Uh, it has to do with the whole, you know, losing their baby and it's kind of like a nightmare scene. So that's that's the biggest thing I will say. Like the biggest spoiler I'll say is that it starts with kind of a nightmare scene about her, uh, Kate, played by Vera Farmiga, her character losing her baby, um, and it's it's hard to watch for sure. Like it's it's bloody and just messed up. Uh, it's hard to even explain, but yeah, it, it starts off really strong, and then for about. Maybe twenty-five to thirty minutes. It's all slow, but it's it's slow yet methodical. And most at most points, there are definitely things. This is a an, uh, two-hour and three-minute film, and honestly, I do think there are plenty of things that could have been cut out, um, just kind of dead weight things that didn't feel completely necessary. And also, just by the end there, I'm skipping to the end already. But by the end, they dragged it on for probably like 15 minutes or more just the whole final everything like shit is going down kind of scene went on for like 15 minutes and that'd be cool and all if it wasn't just like a whole I don't know I really don't want to spoil anything but it, it's just it, the, the best thing I can say like the best analogy is a cat and mouse kind of game and I don't know something about the whole cat and mouse thing. Depending on the kind of movie that it's in, and depending on how how uh, repetitive it is, it, it can get really annoying for me. Like there's been movies like that and shows like that before. That like um... Obi Wan Kenobi, like the whole and spoiler alert for that, but the whole Leia thing in that show that felt like a very very much like a cat and mouse kind of game, and just the way she kept getting captured and shit just kept happening i it was annoying it was repetitive and that's kind of how it felt a little bit towards the end of this film um that being said i still think it was a pretty crazy ending so um yeah for the most part when it came to the the horror and just the violence they did a pretty solid job in this film Um, In terms of just having the most fucked up shit in this movie, like, you're not even prepared for that twist. Um, Which, honestly, like, the twist isn't even what shocked me most. Because the twist in this movie, I kind of already knew going into it, or at least suspected. And it's kind of based off of something that I, like, a story I've actually heard before. I don't know if they actually based it off of that story, but it reminded me of a story that I heard about something and Obviously, I can't say what it is, but I listen to a lot of, like, true crime and, uh, and just, like, creepy stories and stuff like that. So, maybe you can kind of piece things together. Maybe you kind of already know the the twist. Um, I wasn't, like, 100% sure that it was the twist, but there were a lot of, like, little, little context clues along the way there I was, like yeah i can see that they're building up to that a little bit and uh by the end the way that they pulled it off i was very impressed by um for because for a minute there like what i thought was the actual twist it wasn't the actual twist but the the misdirect twist was probably more fucked up than the actual twist if that makes sense um man i can talk about that aspect of it all day because honestly that's like the biggest takeaway from this film is the twist like what what everything like everything that's happening sorry it's it's late bear with me uh but everything that happened throughout the film it it culminates together it comes together and it makes sense why certain things are happening and why certain characters act certain ways except for peter sarsgaard that dude's kind of an idiot up until the end Also, that guy was in the Batman, wasn't he? And his character here kind of reminded me of his character there. Maybe that's just kind of the character that he typically plays. But, uh, yeah, he was kind of an idiot. And I was mad at him quite a bit in this movie. Um, Yeah, uh, him and then Margot Martindale as Dr. Browning, kind of like a therapist in the movie. Uh, She annoyed the hell out of me. And then Peter Sarsgaard as John. He annoyed the hell out of me quite a bit. Uh, the only sane person in this movie, aside from like the kids, because they're kids, they're you know, Daniel and Max, they're they're just living through it, you know, shit is happening around them, and they're just trying to survive. But um, Kate, she's the only one with their her head on straight that that rhymed, uh, but due to her past with alcoholism and just. Um, you know, the certain traumatic experiences that she's had in her life, nobody really believes her about certain things. So, um, yeah. God damn, Isabel Furman did such a good job in this role. I'm not sure how old she was when she did this first film, but um, she was terrifying, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm not the strongest dude ever. I don't really have muscles or anything, but this kid could easily fucking kill me honestly this kid is terrifying and not not somebody i would want around you know me or anybody i care about so yeah isabel Furman, great job in this film very excited to see how she does in the second one and i don't know i'm just really curious about that one because i've heard good things but also kind of funny and cringy things i guess We'll really have to wait and see for that review. I don't know when that review will be coming out. Um, I, I might try to watch it tomorrow, but I also might, I don't know. I, I know I'm seeing Beast tomorrow with Idris Elba, so I don't know how much time I'm going to have to watch both, but then I also have most likely two movies on Thursday, so I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to fit that in, but I'll fit it in at some point. Maybe this video won't come out as soon. Actually, no, this video will come out immediately so (laughs) yeah there you go uh let me see if I have any more uh any more notes here uh literally as soon as Esther joins the family it starts tearing everything apart and people just start to spiral from there um you know there's setups for possible sequels prequels and all that they there were certain things mentioned that I'm sure I'm gonna see in uh in Orphan First Kill Uh, let me see here. (laughs) Said this shit is unsettling as fuck. It really is. Like, you guys, I I told you already, but still, like, if you have not seen this film, you are not prepared for the twist and just the fucked up things that happen in this movie. Excuse me. In this movie, because it's unexpected and it makes you feel kind of sick. And, uh, yeah. That's all I can say without spoiling anything. But, uh, last little uh little note i have there i already kind of talked about it that it kind of dragged on by the end but overall not a bad movie at all there's a lot of suspense to it um there's a lot of just creepy moments i will say the uh majority of the first and second act were a little slow but it like i said it was methodical there were things that they were setting up and little little context clues and little easter eggs to like if you're paying enough attention to it you catch on to certain things, and that's something I appreciate for sure. And then even like knowing the twist afterwards, it makes, even if there were things that you didn't quite catch up on, catch up on? No. there If there were things that you didn't, you know what I mean. If there were things that you didn't notice, then, or things that you were like, huh, that's kind of weird. wonder what that's all about. By the end, it's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense now why why that happened. So yeah, I'm gonna end this review here because I'm very, very tired. Um, thank you guys for bearing with me through this review, but I just wanted to get it out there and kind of get my thoughts on this movie so I could watch that other one as soon as possible. But yeah, next video will not be for Orphan First Kill. Um, that will not be my next review. My next one should be for Beast, starring Idris Elba. The one after that will most likely be 3,000 Years of Longing, is that what it's called? Um, also starring Idris Elba. And then I might either be seeing Breaking, I believe it's called, with, uh, John Boyega, or, uh, The Invitation*. Invitation. I said that weird. Um, not sure which one I'm going to watch. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch either of them, honestly. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know how much time I have to do all of that, but um, I'm really not trying to watch four movies in the theaters over the next two days. So we'll we'll see what I have time for and what I have the mental capacity for. So yeah, like I said, thank you for bearing with me through this review. I know it's kind of a weird, kind of off the rail off the rails one, but hey, it kind of makes it a little more fun. So thank you very much for watching. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to a page full of links where you can find a link to where listen on my uh, listen to my podcast on all major podcast platforms. Uh, there's links to my website, my T Public store. Go check all that stuff out. Uh, I think I already said this, but leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload, and I will see you in the next one. Alright, so I just got done watching Orphan First Kill, literally just watched the first Orphan movie for the first time last night. By the way, hopefully you guys can hear me alright, yes I'm recording outside, I would do it in my car, because you know, there's less sound leaking in, but it is so hot in there right now, so I'm not doing that. So like I said, hopefully you guys can hear me alright, and the audio isn't too bad, there's a highway literally right next to the movie theater, which honestly is the worst spot to put a movie theater right next to a highway, am I right? But uh, yeah, Orphan First Kill, like I said, I watched the first movie for the first time last night. And uh, yeah, this film is also, or it's not also, this film is on Paramount Plus. The first one is also on there. So if you haven't seen either of them, that is the place to go check them out if you don't feel like going to the theaters, which I don't blame you. I wasn't planning on going to see this in the theaters until literally today. So I was like, screw it, I got time. Let's go watch it on the big screen. And uh, yeah, is it better than the first one? Well, first of all, I got to be honest, I didn't do a ranking or like, a, like my rating for the first one. So for that one, I'm going to give it like a 7 out of 10. For this one, is it better than the first one? Not really, but is it worse than the first one? No, I wouldn't say the first one was even really bad because 7 out of 10 is a pretty good score. It's just a really fucked up movie. And this movie is still fucked up, but not quite as fucked up, I guess. Partially because the actress playing her, Isabel Furman. By the way, my nose freaking flying away there. Uh, Isabel Furman, who plays Esther. Um, I mean, she was in the first movie. She's, bo- she's supposed to be like nine years old. Here, she's basically supposed to be like the same age ish, like nine to ten years old. Yet the actress is much older. I believe she's in her late thirties, or not late thirties, uh, late twenties. So at times it's a little weird seeing this full grown woman trying to act like a kid and uh, other times it doesn't really bother me and you can't really tell at times like if you're just turning your brain off and just watching the movie and and taking in the information as you get it then it, it it's a little less weird and you know there's a little bit less of that uh that uncanny valley I do think they did some kind of like cgi on the face a little bit but not a whole lot of that i can tell um and then you can tell in other scenes where like they have an actor stand in like a child actor stand in to get the height right next to other people i actually saw a behind the scenes photo where a lot of the actors were actually wearing platform shoes that made them much taller as compared to the actress who plays esther so yeah that's kind of insane um double toasted i watched their review for this movie and they were just talking about the whole oh she's literally like a 20 something year old trying to play trying to pass for like a 10 year old and um, yeah it's fucking weird for sure it's weird but it doesn't ruin the movie it doesn't distract me too much and at times like you see it and you're just like that is so obviously not a nine 9- to ten year old girl but i mean if you kind of turn your brain off and just don't think about it then you don't really notice it because that's what i did And, um, overall, like I said, it's not as good as the first film, because in the first film, you have this whole twist, and this movie has a twist, too, which was very unexpected, but, um, I don't know, the twist worked a little bit better in the last one, just because it was, even though I knew the twist going into it for the most part, it was still shocking and and fucked up, so, here, I mean, they just... This started off, if you have not seen the first film, they basically explained what the twist was for the first film in this one. Great. Right next to a car repair place and they're working on cars out there. That's wonderful. Um, But yeah, uh, where was I? Uh, I guess I should list the other cast here. Uh, We have Julia Stiles as Trisha Albright. We have Rosef Sutherland as Alan Albright, the mother and father there. Uh, We have Matthew Finland as Gunnar Albright, the brother got Hiro Kanagawa, Kanagawa probably saying that wrong as Detective Donnan and then Samantha Walks uh hopefully I'm saying that right as Dr. Seeker and that's pretty much the main cast let me give you the synopsis for this film after orchestrating a, br- a brilliant escape from an Estonian uh, psychiatric facility Esther tra- travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family let me set my notes down because I do not need those anymore Um, yeah, so it's interesting. You have this, this, uh, this couple who lost their daughter, missing daughter. And, um, Esther gets out of this psychiatric facility and finds missing children and find ones, find, finds one, can't talk apparently, finds one that looks like her vaguely. And, uh, yeah, that's basically how she gets an in with this family. And... I'm not going to spoil anything because there's definitely some big uh, some big twists and turns in this movie and a lot of shocking surprises that I was not expecting. This movie made me a lot less uncomfortable than the first film. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I don't know. There's, there's something about that first film that's just so fucked up and so hard to watch at times where it's like... I don't know if that this one even really came close to it. I don't know if they're gonna make a sequel or anything like that. I might rewatch both of them if they, there is another sequel or prequel. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this is a fucking prequel. So she was younger in the first movie and uh, you know supposedly she would be younger in this movie since it's a prequel, but you have this actress who's like almost 30 most likely playing a nine-year-old girl i mean we have like tom holland and shit like that he's like in his late 20s 26 something like that playing spider-man in high school essentially so it's it's not like the craziest thing we've ever gotten but at the same time trying to have a almost 30 year old woman play a 9 to 10 year old girl there's just something about that that's that's fucking weird and doesn't make a whole lot of sense but i mean does it ruin anything like i said it really doesn't for me at least it might for other people but uh yeah like I said there's some good twists and turns in this movie there's some good some good bits of horror and gore but overall it it doesn't it doesn't come as close as that first film like that first film just did something completely new and different and this one while it's a continuation and you kind of know the the twists and turns and the the details about Esther in this film going into it literally in the first five minutes I don't know there's just still something about that even if you know the twist you're still waiting for that twist for the people to find out what's going on and honestly in this movie i would say esther is more the main character than anybody else because in the first film honestly it was really that main the main mom vera formiga she was really the main character to me personally in that first film and here it's esther so at times even there's things that they do in this film that make you feel for her and make you kind of root for her which is different because this is a fucked up chick but uh I don't know man it's an interesting movie for sure is it gonna end up on my top 10 best of this year absolutely not is it gonna end up on my top 10 worst absolutely not which is actually surprising I was expecting this movie to be a lot worse than it actually is in fact I would say it's not even a bad movie at all I would say it was a pretty solid film solid thriller with some twists and turns that I thought actually surprised me things that I wasn't expecting um so yeah that's that's a good thing I would say uh overall i do think i'm gonna give this film a 6.5 out of 10 almost as good as the original but there's still some things that kind of hold it back for me and uh i don't know i don't i don't have huge complaints about this movie other than it's it's just not as i don't know it just doesn't punch you as hard as that first film does so it's hard not to compare a sequel or a prequel to its original so A lot of people are like oh go into it not comparing it to other movies but like you kind of have to with this this case um and then just the whole you know having a 30 something almost 30 year old woman play almost a 9 10 year old i don't know it's weird for sure but like i said multiple times it really didn't take me out of the movie so i don't know if it's a complaint or or really what it is but it's it's weird nonetheless so Yeah, there's my review for Orphan First Kill from 2022. Have you seen it? Let me know down in the comments below. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I'm definitely more in the middle, but I did like it. I did enjoy it. There wasn't a single time during the film that I actually checked my phone to see what time it was and see how long I have. So props to that for sure. But just in terms of the story, I think the first one did it better, which is why it got deducted that that half point essentially. So yeah, uh, surprisingly good in my opinion but still not like best movie I've seen all year or even in the top 10, maybe even top 15. So yeah, uh, leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. Shut up person on the intercom over there and I will see you in the next one. All right, so episode two of She-Hulk is available now on Disney+. Plus. This will be my non-spoiler slash spoiler review. I'm going to talk about the non-spoilers, then get into the spoilers. So for those of you who don't want any spoilers for this episode or the last one really, i will tell you when to click off the video but as for right now my non-spoiler review for this episode uh, it's called superhuman law second episode of she hulk and uh i gotta be honest i really didn't like this episode a whole lot uh biggest spoiler i will give about this episode is that we get to see jennifer meet tim roth's character uh emil blonsky slash abomination we do not see him as abomination form in this episode but i'm sure we will eventually we saw it in the trailers so we will get that eventually, but uh, it's good to see Tim Roth again. It's cool to see Jennifer Walters interact with him and take his case. So we'll see what it, what that entails going forward. Um, but yeah, kind of an underwhelming episode to be honest. It feels like another setup episode. Last episode it made sense because we had to get her origin. We kind of had to set up her character and and her relationship with Hulk. But in this episode is kind of setting up the more lawyer aspect of things. So it makes sense why this is a setup episode, but. Hopefully, by the next episode, they can actually really get things going. It makes sense why this is nine episodes, because the episodes are just so freaking short. You really can't do a whole lot with that runtime. Um, overall, not not a bad one. Uh, if you have not watched this episode yet, but you've watched the first one, first one had an after credit scene. This one does as well. This one is not as, as fun or as funny or even as cool as, uh, as the last one, but it's there, so I, I've suppose I should probably tell you about it just so people don't uh skip past it I'm sure there's going to be one every episode kind of like a joke after credit scene um but yeah underwhelming episode I did watch this episode twice because these episodes come out at 3 a.m for me but honestly I could barely remember anything from the episode two so it's just like I really don't know how I feel about this one I liked the first one enough but this one just really underwhelmed me and um kind of has me a bit nervous going forward but the fact that we're seeing Daredevil eventually still gives me enough hope for this show. Um, the CGI doesn't look awful in this episode. I mean, there are a few moments where it looks a little stiff and a little weird, but for the most part, it's the CGI isn't really anything that takes me out of the show. Um, let me see here. I still like Tatiana Maslany as She Hulk slash Jennifer Walters in this episode. She like because in the review for the last one, I was like she seems more confident as she hulk than jennifer but here we're kind of seeing her more confident as jennifer than she hulk and i know over time that's going to change so i'm happy that she's not just like she immediately nailed everything and then she's just like all right now let's kick some ass because i'm she hulk um you, you see she's conflicted so i i appreciate that um yeah i think uh i think that's really all i have to say in terms of non-spoilers i know not a whole lot but I just wanted to kind of let you guys know, the people who have not watched this one yet, kind of what I'm thinking about the show so far. Uh, I'll probably do a small little non-spoiler review before each review of each episode, uh, before I get into the spoilers. But yeah, just to kind of let you guys know how I feel about it so far. First episode was pretty good. This one really underwhelmed me and has me a little bit nervous going forward. But hopefully they can turn it around. They still have seven episodes left to do so. So, uh, yeah. There's my non-spoiler review for episode two of She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. Uh, definitely go check it out if you not have not watched it yet. Even though it's not my favorite episode, I still recommend you guys watch the series because it's frickin' Marvel. Um, and there's still things I enjoy about it. Um, let me see here. Let's get into the spoilers. So for those of you who would have not seen episode two of She-Hulk, or really even episode one, I recommend you click off the video now and go check them out and come back. Uh, if you don't care, stick around. But uh, yeah, click off the video now if you don't want any spoilers for Episode 2 or even Episode 1 of She-Hulk. Uh, you have been warned, let's get into it. Um, we find out in the very beginning that Titania is a super-powered influencer. Just kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I hope we see more of Titania. We haven't seen her in this, or we didn't see her in this episode. And we saw her only very briefly in the last one. I really like Jamila Jamil, so hopefully they bring that character back and we get to see a little more of her. I'm sure we will. Uh, Jennifer gets the name She-Hulk from the news, and then everybody just kind of calls her that, kind of harking back to the, the point where Bruce is like, I eh, don't pick the names. You don't pick the names. Um, but yeah, she definitely did not pick that one, and it seems like she doesn't like it very much. Um, because Jennifer hulked out in court, she ends up getting fired from her current position, so she's out there looking for work. And uh, I think it's called G-N-K-K-H, G-L-K-H, uh, is where she's working now with uh, with Steve Coulter playing Holden Holloway. Um, I don't like this guy very much. I mean, you're kind of not supposed to, but at the same time, I don't like him because he just seems a little too cartoony. Um, part of me is wondering if he's actually a scroll. but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I almost coughed on my own saliva there. That's kind of gross. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Steve, Steve Coulter as Holden Holloway. Don't mind him so far, but he seems a little cartoony, kind of like one of those... He seems like Lumberg from, from Office Space, just like being an awful boss. Um, so I don't know how I feel about that yet. Uh, and then he said that they prefer to have her in She-Hulk or else she doesn't really have the job uh, because that's the whole point of it. They want She-Hulk to be the face of it. Um, the new superhuman law division, that is. Uh, we also meet... Josh Segarra as Pug, uh, the other person on the superhuman law division. I think there might be a little bit more to his character, but this guy also played um, Adrian Chase on Arrow for the CW. So hopefully we see a little bit more of him going forward. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, there's a scene um, as Smart Hulk where Jennifer calls him about the abomination case that she's about to take. And, uh, you know, we learned that Him and Abomination, they're, like, cool now. He wrote them a really nice letter and a haiku, and so they're cool. It's a lot of years ago. They're both different people, supposedly. I don't know about, uh, don't know about Emil Blonsky there. I think he might be kind of lying a little bit about his true intentions. But, yeah, uh, we find out that Smart Hulk is actually on that Sakarian ship we saw in the first episode. And in space, heading God knows where. So, uh, we'll see what that entails maybe he does have a son like in the comics or maybe we're getting a setup for planet hulk maybe i don't i don't i don't freaking know what they're doing but i'm, I'm really curious to find out i don't know if we're gonna see that in this show or not probably not but it's it's a possibility there's still epi- seven episodes left and i don't know when we're gonna see the hulk next so really curious to see what's up with that um we meet some of jennifer's family and here we meet her father mark lynn baker who plays morris walters we also meet Aunt Melanie, played by Candace Rose, Uncle Tucker, played by Michael H. Cole, and Nicholas Cirillo, who plays Cousin Ched. Um, yeah, so her family's kind of cool. We don't see a whole lot of her. Her dad seems nice. Uh, I think I might have missed a cast member there, but oh well. Uh, just the little family moments I thought was fun, and that's even what the after credit scene is, is just her helping out her dad, mounting a TV to the wall, carrying water jugs in, lifting a car up so they can look at the tire. Um so yeah, didn't care for that after credit scene a whole lot. That was just like, eh, did I need to watch that? Not really. Uh, let me see here. Uh, we see Jen meeting Emil Blonsky and he's like, oh, I'm on loan to the US government and I have seven soulmates that I met through the pen pal um, system that he wants to start his life with. And I'm like, oh, that that's kind of funny. It could be like seven women that he just, you know, wants to marry. But at the same time, he said soulmates, not women or you know even men for that matter. I think that these people could be the seven people along with Mio Blonsky that we might be seeing in Thunderbolts, but I could be wrong. I do think there might be a little slight Thunderbolt setup there, but I haven't really seen anybody say much about it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, towards the end of the episode, Holden Holloway, he's like, "Hey, turn on the TV." After uh, Jen calls him and is like, "Hey, I'll take the job," and uh, we see. The footage from Shang-Chi where Abomination is fighting Wong in that nightclub, and uh, that's kind of where shit goes down. She's like, Oh, that's not good. Um, so it seems like maybe this takes place during Shang-Chi, like Shang-Chi simultaneously is taking place during this show. Um, that'd be pretty freaking interesting. Uh, I have no idea, but what if we saw Shang-Chi in this show? That'd be so freaking cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I really like Shang-Chi. i probably re that more than any other MCU movie. But um, yeah, we'll see what, what what's up with that, what people end up saying about it, and what obstacles that Jennifer has to overcome because of this new revelation. Uh, we, I'm guessing we're going to see Wong next episode, so excited to see that. Wong is the dude. He shows up in a lot of shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a funny line in here where Jennifer's dad is like, hey how does what does Hawkeye do with all those arrows is does he go around and like gather all those and I was like that's the question everybody's been asking for a long time my dude um yeah so let me see I don't know if I have a whole lot else to say I think I kind of covered it all not a super long review for this episode but you know not a whole lot I guess he couldn't I can't really say not a whole lot happened because like a decent amount happened but uh I don't know. It's a short episode so like you can only really do so much with it and it's not like they're going to put like five different crazy things in one episode that's only like 30 minute 31 minutes long with credits. So I do think the uh the length of the episodes kind of does this show a little bit of a disservice, but at the same time I'm still having enough fun with it to still be invested and still watch it. Um I'd be watching it regardless, let's be honest, but it's Marvel. I watch everything Marvel. Um, But yeah, there is my non-spoiler and spoiler review slash kind of breakdown for episode two of She-Hulk. Those of you who are still around, hope you watched the episode. Wow, that guy's a douchebag. Uh, But yeah, hopefully you watched the episode and you didn't just accidentally watch the spoilers and get everything spoiled for you. But uh, yeah, wouldn't you guys think of this episode? I'd like to know. Comment down below. Tell me what you thought. And don't put anything huge with spoilers in there. Um, you know, the only thing you can talk about a little bit is that Emil Blonsky thing, but you you can only really talk about the fact that he's in this episode. You can't really elaborate on that because there, is people that are, there are people that might've clicked on this episode that came for only the non-spoilers. So be nice in the comments, don't spoil stuff for people. Uh, leave a like on the video, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And I will be back tomorrow with my review for 2022's Beast starring Idris Elba. Thank you all so much for listening. I will be back in a couple of days for the podcast to review uh, Beast starring Idris Elba. And then 3,000 Years of Longing, also starring Idris Elba. He had a movie come out last week and then also another one that comes out this week. So a little bit of an Idris Elba double feature. That'll be the next episode. Probably like... Either coming out tomorrow or the day after, most likely. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, that'll be the next episode. And then also for next week, I should be seeing uh, Breaking, The Invitation. Uh, There's a new release of Spider-Man No Way Home with extra scenes, which I'll be seeing. Uh, And then there's one called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which sounds like a Christian, like, super Christian-based film, but... I don't know, looks looks interesting so I might check that one out possibly if I have time. And then also that third episode of She-Hulk. Not going to be watching the uh the uh House of Dragon show yet. I'm going to I'm going to wait for uh that show to be done to actually watch all the episodes. Same goes for the new Lord of the Rings show that's coming out. I do want to watch the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies and review them before that comes out or before I watch it at least. So Maybe possibly expect those sometime soon, but, uh, yeah, let me wrap this up for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at pop culture podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to a page full of links where you'll find links to my YouTube channel, where, like I said, in the beginning, you'll get all the reviews on there earlier than you do on the podcast. Uh, there's a link to my T public store, my website, the Instagram, Facebook, uh, where to listen on Spotify, Apple podcasts. So all that good stuff, like I said, uh, at Pop Culture Podcast for both Facebook and Instagram, and the links are on the Instagram page. So there you go. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you in the next one.